Hearing Loss Live Talks, Friends and Family Communication. Good morning. Welcome to Hearing Loss Live. Today we are going to talk about friends and family and communication. So communication breakdown is just part of hearing loss, but how you handle it as we talked in our collateral damage podcast is going to affect your relationship long-term. I've known Shelly probably 10 plus years. Uh, We've all gone camping together. Um, And it's always interesting to uh, watch how folks uh, interact and learn communication rules and what they mean. Uh, My grandma's passed away or she'd be here. She's probably here somewhere. Who knows? Uh, Our communication, we didn't even realize how much we worked together with the hearing loss until I started actually learning things through our local center for the deaf and hard of hearing and HLAA classes. Support groups are very important, not just for those with the hearing loss, but their hearing partners learn better skills. Um, They actually can make a support group themselves because sometimes we need it, right? There There were days that sadness happens and you don't know how to handle it. So having others on the journey with you makes, it's hugely important, right? Um, My husband has a mild hearing loss, but we've been practicing hearing rules for so damn long. I don't even know that we realize half the time when he has it, other than when the TV is so damn loud, I'm ready to have an absolute meltdown. But Shelly, tell us about your adventures with Ken, because I'm sure it didn't start out as an easy adventure. And I think folks need to know it, it, it is a it's a work in progress, right? No matter how long it's been. Tell continually. Us some <laughs> it's continually a work. I mean, you know, uh, well, first of all, today is a special day because I get to bring my husband to work today. This is Ken, my husband. Say hi. Oh. No, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, we've known each other for 15 years as of September. We met at Burning Man at night in the dark. Me, no hearing aids. I would not wear my hearing aids at Burning Man because I didn't want dust and clogged microphones and the hearing aids to stop working. Hearing aids are much too expensive to lose them and to get them dirty and then get them cleaned and parts replaced and all of that. So never hearing aids at Burning Man. I always left them at home. We were at night in on an art car dancing (laughs) and it was loud music. And he did come up to me and he was sort of dancing too. And he, he asked me, his first words were, will you be my playa love? Oh. <laughs> and I said. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but it turned out we spent the rest of the night together. And I'm pretty sure I was upset uh, up front about my hearing loss. And, and communication needs. I, I wasn't as much of a self-advocate back then, but I do believe I was upfront about things. What do you remember from that night? I remember you told me you couldn't hear very well. You kind of 
work through it. Yeah, we, we were in we the could. dark. I mean, it was loud. Yes. <laughs> we're finding our rhythm here, people. Give us a minute. <laughs> um, so we've been together for 15 years. And I had a big drop right before moving up here with my hearing. So when I went to work at the salon, I remember it was very hard for me because I didn't have coworkers anymore who would help me. I would come home at night and I think I would pretty much throw myself on the bed and cry. And one of the things I remember is him laying next to me, not knowing what to do or how to help, but just being there. So, so that was nice. Do you remember anything from that? Not a lot, but. <laughs> okay. So moving along, we have established the communication rules of, yeah, you have to get my attention first. You have to face me the whole time. And be within six feet, be in the same room in this house because it's so small. Um, we have issues. It's better, but we still have some communication issues. And this is where the collateral damage that we talked about a month or so ago comes in. There was a night not long ago that you told me, Ken, that you were very sad that I couldn't hear you and watch TV at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it complicates things a little bit and just have to learn not to talk while TV's on or a movie. Well, we do a lot of pausing actually. And then eventually you know, the movie that was an hour and a half is two hours long so that we can talk. Yeah, that works. So any movie is a little bit longer than it can be, but that's okay. Do you go ahead, Julia? And tell me what makes you sad when you can't talk while you're at home watching movies. What about that? Uh, do you miss? Have chit chat, I guess. You know, you have to just reach ourselves and just staring at the TV. So chit chat in general or chit chat about the movie? Yeah, sometimes the movie, sometimes other stuff comes up in my mind. Because <laughs> that was a, that was one of the problems, not a problem, a sadness for me with my grandma um, when we just couldn't chit chat anymore. Yeah, it definitely cuts into it. It it was definitely something that a hearing partner feels and needs to um, be cognizant of. Yeah. How you change that so that you can continue to to have different conversations, right? Or how, like pausing the TV. I I know I won't remember later. So that's why I kind of throw it out there then for what it's worth. And he gets my attention now when he really wants me during TV. He's learned to say (laughs) shy. That will catch my attention faster than anything because I've been hearing that word for, you know, 55, almost 55 years. (laughs) 
So Shelly is the one thing that will grab my attention. And I, I usually have the remote control and I pause it. And he can tell me what he is thinking or thoughts about the movie. A lot of times it brings up memories and he wants to tell me a memory. So we make it work, but it is sad sometimes, I think, for both of us. But it's nothing that's going to destroy the marriage or anything. It's just everyday little stuff that happens with hearing loss. Last night, we had a little hearing issue. (laughs) I was probably on my phone, just come up from work. My head is busy. I was texting, I think, two different people at the same time. And Ken says he asked me for help with dinner. I didn't hear it. So later on, I heard a lot of commotion in the kitchen. And I went in and I asked him if he needed help. And he said, I said I asked you earlier, but you ignored me. (laughs) And I didn't ignore him. I really didn't hear him. So we're not sure when he (laughs) asked me. Neither of us are sure when he asked me. But I'm guessing it was because he didn't say Shelly first. He wasn't uh, looking at me or I wasn't looking at him. Most importantly, I have to be looking at him. And he could have been in another room. He could have been in the same room. We, we don't remember that part. So we have to do some corrective repair strategies. <laughs> and what do you think we can do You have better? to backtrack. Figure out what went wrong. Plus, I was hungry. <laughs> I was late. I was coming up from class and uh, a few meetings. So he was hungry. So he forgets easily when he's hungry. We all do. (laughs) Hangry. Are you laughing at the captions? pretty much. (laughs) Yes, we have uh, arguments with our ASR captions often. Hmm. And my speech, I think, has not been all that clear lately because it's off a lot. Hmm. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So anything you want to add about last night? No, we could have done better. Yeah. But it worked out in the end. Damage happens. You just move on. I think one of my things was last night was just to take a step back and realize it wasn't totally my fault and not take it so personally. Sometimes we have to do that with hearing loss. Don't take it personally. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what else? Go ahead, Julia. Oh, I don't know. I was just... I, I. So it's interesting to me because I don't think any time I took it personal when grandma and I had bad communication and I never really blamed her hearing loss when we had bad communication. It was just always, you know, do it better next time, I guess. I don't know. So it's interesting because I don't think 
Shelly, you're alone that a lot of times the person with hearing loss takes it as all their fault, right? So how as family members can we work better at owning, trying to think how to say this, owning our portion of the three rules, right? Our three rules are big. We teach it in our lip reading concept class. And until you know those three rules by heart, everything else is like, I don't know, 110% harder, right? So if I know as a, as a, as a captioner, if I know as a family member to keep those rules in the front of my head and keep in mind, still things are going to happen. You're still going to try to talk to each other from another room. We don't know why we do it. We just do. Right. <laughs> well, so, she can do it, but I can't. Well, and, and we try to use the rule that that doesn't happen, but it still does. And, yeah. and we, you know, Again, we've been using the rules for 25 plus years here. So how do we get hearing partners to own their portion, one, or are they and they're taking it personal too and they're not telling the other person? But how do we get both parties to, to be upfront with not taking it personal? Does that make sense? Yeah, how do we get... Better ownership, Ken? I think you just have to um, backtrack and try to figure out where you went sideways and start from there. And do differently next time. Try. It's easy to let your guard down and, you know, skip a rule or two. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's used to living in the hearing world and all his life before me was in the hearing world. I, I don't think I was his very first hard of hearing person, but I was his first uh, relationship with hearing loss, I believe. So he's used to that end of the world. And I think it takes reminders even after 15 years. Yeah. You know, it's easy to forget. One of the interesting things I just now remembered, and we talked about this in our last podcast with Dr. McBride about bringing your spouse with you, significant other, friend, child to a audiology appointment. And I know I made Ken go when I got my current pair of hearing aids. And this is about seven and a half years ago because they're, my hearing aids are eight years old. But it made a, a huge difference to have him there with me to help explain to the audiologist wasn't what wasn't happening at home or in the car specifically. We we were having really big issues in the car at that point. So you didn't we go through a hearing test with me, did mm -hmm. you? No. You will next time. Yeah. <laughs> But it it was it was it was like the audiologist, you know, they, they get used to me and you know it's just me kind of complaining. <laughs> but when the significant other comes in and says these are issues, it makes a difference. Do you remember anything from that? That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was quite a while ago. Um he just put you in the room, push the buttons. Yeah. You know, 
tried to program at will, but we still have problems in cars. I don't think you're ever going to get around that one. No, and Julia can talk about that too. (laughs) My car voice. (laughs) Ken has a car voice too, by the way. I don't don't know if Shelly knows that. She probably hasn't figured it out. Well, she probably has and doesn't realize it. But like when we were uh, camping and, and doing the driving, Ken was talking about all sorts of things and I was answering him random stuff. I couldn't even tell you what it was we were talking about. And Shelly's probably just holding on for dear life. But <laughs> climb up there now. Um, uh, communication in a car is difficult. I don't, any any type, but you know, you can use the microphones. You can't really use your ASR apps because, you, well, unless they're the passenger you're talking to, I guess we could, we should try that one time, Shelly. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Well, we've been told to try it and keep forgetting, I think. Um, so I think it can be difficult, but you know, other than my talking to other cars, I'm okay riding quietly in a car. I'm happy to read. I'm happy to do whatever. Um, other than I need to tell the other cars what I think of them, um, quite regularly, you know, some things that come to mind, not only do I think uh, your hearing partners, whoever it is, should be involved in your audiology. I think they should go home, turn the sound off on the six o'clock news and see how long they can lip read and then understand why they need to take a class to understand better concepts with lip reading. Because I think hearing partners just think it's automatic, right? Oh, you've had a hearing loss. You can just lip read. I think employers think you should be able to do it eight hours. Well, you know, boss, maybe you should go home and see if you can do it for eight hours. Um, and, and, you know, how many times has the anchor turned around and look at the weather map? And how many times did the anchor turn to look at this map? You know, and you lose, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of things that I think hearing partners should be involved with and know about from day one. And this is another one. Is it because the person with hearing loss is a afraid? Like, is it again, this is my problem, so I need to fix it and not saying I want you to be involved or or just, just a thought process. I don't know that there's an answer to this, but I just want people to think about it. Are you, are you not asking for help because you think it's your burden to bear when the truth is it's going to be both your burden, whether you want it to be or not, it changes your relationship, right? So uh, anytime you have a hearing drop, there's going to be changes in everything, don't you? I mean, that's my personal thought with, you know, what I went through, but thoughts in that direction on how, how to better make your partner be involved. Does that make sense? <laughs> Come to our workshop. <laughs> how do you think we can get people more involved with the with, communication process well i think they have to want to i mean i look at my friend brian and kim and he has a bad hearing loss from being in helicopters for 25 30 years and his wife is kind of a non-believer in all of that and i don't think she really helps him out much but he's working on it with her yeah, it's it's a change and it's hard to get people to understand. You know, I remember blogging away 10 years ago 
12 years ago, blogging away and sharing it with you and my mom all the time. To, and I think that's kind of when you guys started to understand more about my hearing loss. And Ken learned I needed a lot of editing when I'm writing. <laughs> my mom, too. Everybody does. So I think... Sharing your thoughts is major important. Like take a take an example from your day and share exactly what it was like with your significant other. You know, this what your thinking was, where it went, how it went south, like how you could pull it back or didn't, and how and involve them and how you can maybe make that better next time. Maybe that partnership would help make it go along better. So I like to take instances from my day, like I remembered last night, <laughs> and think, okay, what can I do better? And I did talk to you a little bit about it this morning, and we we worked through it. Yeah. yeah but still, we'll still. The- again. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's going to happen again. <laughs> but that's okay. We, I think we, after 15 years, we understand each other a little bit better. A yeah, lot better? I think we do pretty good. <laughs> there's, you know, there's times when we fall apart and we forget something and it happens and it will happen. Yes, and I forget my part, too, sometimes. You know, I teach all this stuff, I preach it, and there's every once in a while where I'm too tired or I got too frustrated and I forget everything I know to how, how and how to make it better, too. All right, we're coming up on the end of, of um, time. Any other thoughts? That... So it... I think you need patience and understanding and you need to be um, impassioned, compassionate. What's the word? Empathetic. Exactly. Exactly. And work together. I think the big thing is working together. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, next. Next week. Hold on. I put my calendar up on purpose. Yep. Next week on the 15th of November from 6 to 730 Mountain Time, we will have our Conquering Your Next family gathering back by popular demand. And you can come learn strategies for that next family gathering you will be having. Uh, masks, no masks, billions of people, Aunt Mabel and her bunion on her toe. Uh, Learn how you, too, can figure out how to uh, set your scene so that you can have the best hearing experience and or lip reading and or learn how to be in or out. So join us for that if you haven't signed up already at hearinglosslive.com. I'm sorry, the dogs are scratching on the door. (laughs) So that will be in the background. (laughs) Um, Our next Talk About It Tuesday will be December 6th. Uh, Come tell us how your Thanksgiving went. Did you set yourself up for success? Uh, Look for our new classes to start rolling out. Uh, We will have our lip reading concept class. We encourage you, even if you are a lip reader already, 
take this class. It's one of a kind. Um, we don't know of anybody else who offers it. It's only $50. So it's really a great deal. Um, and you can get better ideas on the concepts behind lip reading, and it will help you with lip shapes and understanding. We also have our lip shape class uh, that's being rolled out, and it's a little different than what's offered at most places. And Shelly and I are working hard right now to put that together for you. We will have more workshops and other events happening in 2023. So we hope you join us. Um, help crowdfund us, help us keep moving forward so that you can enjoy these great blogs and podcasts for years to come. Thanks for joining us. Bye.